I'm sure right off the bat that gospel gets under your skin. It should. It should bother us. It's a little bit of Semitic exaggeration. Jesus preaching tongue-in-cheek. And you got the story, basically. He gives a parable. Dishonest man calls in the owner's debtors and cuts the debts by percentages so that when he is out of a job, he'll go back to those debtors and one hand washes the other, they'll hire him or give him consideration. So we're talking about wealth and possessions. It's juxtaposed with the first reading from Amos. Amos was one of those prophets that was always in trouble and you can hear why. He's criticizing the temple. He's criti criticizing the wealthy. And he's not doing it in any mild, diplomatically correct ways. He's saying basically, you who trample on the needy and destroy the poor of the land, you cheat and you heard the reading. God will say, I will never forget what you've done to the poor. How does that work with the gospel? In our society, we see dishonesty. We see people trampling on the poor. In our society today, as we speak, we hear what's going on in our government. Forget the governments of the world. Just focus on our own. And how the poor, the immigrant, are be, being used as political pawns. Now, we're in a dilemma because we as Catholics open our doors to the immigrant. That's our obligation, to reach out to the poor. Look at the whole picture, though. We also are Americans, and one of the responsibilities of our government is to protect us. The first job of the president is to protect the citizens. And currently, and it's all politics, believe me, it has nothing to do with love of the poor, our borders are open and you and I have to be vaccinated. You and I have to wear masks for so many months. You and I have to go through all the, the procedures and the boosters and all that. And our government opens borders to people who have not been vetted, to drug dealers, poor people who are being manipulated, by the way, People who are selling children, selling women, and selling little boys. And the government looks the other way because we're, we have open borders. Amos is talking about our government. Amos is talking about taking advantage of the poor. And Amos' own words, I will never forget one thing you've done. And two wrongs don't make a right. So, some govern governors 
on the border have taken the migrants, the migrants that we as Catholics are obligated to serve and house and clothe and feed. See the irony there? Governors are getting under our skin and some are being dropped off here, some are being dropped off in DC, some are being dropped off as if they're chattel, as if, as if they're things. In, even in Martha's Vineyard, they're being dropped off by the opposition. We're taking people who are poor and needy and they're being destroyed and they're being placed again as if they're possessions but they are being treated as possessions political possessions I mean two wrongs don't make a right I, I don't care who you're talking about the White House or the local governors or the other governors both both sides they're taking advantage of the poor in our country and we put those people in positions of authority Jesus referred to them tonight when he talks about the dishonest steward who was in it just for his own self. The dishonest steward, and Jesus is commending the dishonest steward because he knows that someday we're going to be dealing with a dishonest steward. And he's telling us, learn creativity from the dishonest steward so that you can do good because if the dishonest steward takes care of his own you should be able to take care of your own too you should be able to take care of the poor you should be able to take care of those who are hungry in your homes family society parishes but not succumb to dishonest methods and using the poor to get ahead. We go back to Amos. What is good and pleasing to God who wills everyone to be saved. You see, we can't treat people, I don't care what nationality, I don't care what color, any ethnic background, we can't treat people who are made in the image of God like they're our possessions political tools and you say well he's talking about politics I'm not talking about politics I'm talking about scripture I'm talking about God's word and he's teaching us now you might say all of us gathered here in church we're not doing that of course we're not doing that but those political leaders that we put in place I don't care which side you're on we put them in place they're doing it and they're going like this they're blaming each other you 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 and in the meantime, the poor slip through the cracks. They're being taken advantage of. And on a good side, you might say, it gives us an opportunity to serve the poor and the immigrant. But on the other hand, it's a very confusing message. What about those who are already on our streets? What about those who are already on our, in our soup kitchens? who are here, born and raised here, or who came over like my parents and my ancestors did, following the rules. What about them? What about us? You see, the dilemma 
that evil minds get us caught into, they almost manipulate us to challenge our own Christian love, getting us to dislike the immigrant, getting us to dislike the open border, getting us to dislike the bus rides. Well, wait a minute. Those leaders, and they're the ones Jesus spoke about, very creative, but very crooked. We're not talking about picking up bags of stuff, sending it here. We're talking about people. We're talking about people, be clear, children, fathers, mothers. We're talking about young girls being sold on the border. We're talking about fentanyl and other drugs coming over so they strewn the streets on the border states. And who suffers from that? Our children. Have you seen some of the pictures of fentanyl? They look like M&Ms, light-colored M&Ms, past pastel colors. And they're drugs. They're deadly drugs. And they're coming over by the bundleful, smuggled. Oh, you said, well, you know, the people from the southern country, and I'm not naming any particular country, oh, coming over because they're poor. No, no, I'm sorry. It's true, but there are ways of serving those people in their country and on our borders the proper way. But in between all of those people, and go back to this gospel, the wise steward who's crooked, and that wise steward who is crooked is allowing people to bring poison into our children's lives. Those wise people who are so crooked and so devious. And at times we admire them because they're in power. And again, I regret to say because we put them in power. This gospel and this scripture from Amos should be publicized in the front page of the major newspapers and Twitter feeds of our country. And if they were, people would turn away. Oh, you're, oh, you're bringing God and religion into politics. You know, my response to that is go to hell. Because that's exactly what Jesus Amos says to those people who are disregarding the poor authentically. I will never forget a thing they've done. And you think he's going to reward them? They're going straight to hell with their possessions, with their politics. Politics, the word from the Greek, is work of the people. This is us we're talking about. We need to voice our opinions as Christians, as Roman Catholics. We need to voice our opinions on behalf of the poor and on behalf of those who are being taken advantage of both sides. The poor are being taken advantage of. They're, they're like tools. Put them in a bus and send them someplace. Or open the border so they all come over. That's not human dignity. There's nothing human about that at all. It's inhumane, and I think it's condemned by Jesus as well.
because he's warning us you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and politics. If you are po political, and all of us are political, it has to be balanced. We're one nation under God, not this party or that party. We're tough. We're in a tough, very difficult position. But we can't let our voices be silenced. Others may hear. And you know what? There's a solution. The first reading, Amos, angry prophet. Jesus and Luke creatively challenging us. But we have a letter tonight from Paul to Timothy. Right as he opens his letter in chapter 2. You heard it read. First of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be offered for everyone, for kings and for those in authority. Our leaders need to be prayed for. And when we vote, we need to be prayerfully voting for their dignity and devotion and our dedication to God who sent us Jesus Christ. See, there is hope. There is hope. If there was no hope, close the doors, lock the lights, it's over. But there is hope. And Jesus is our hope. And that letter from Paul today makes it very clear. We need to pray with action. We need to pray that our prayers reflect Jesus Christ. We need to pray that our prayers reflect what Jesus, God and man, as mediator of God, gave us. His law of love. He went through hell on earth. You know that. His reward? Nail him to the cross because he said what was right. Don't think if you say what's right, you're going to be rewarded. Vote and act right. You still won't be rewarded, but you'll, your conscience will be clear. And I say your, I apologize, our conscience will be clear. We'll be crucified. Why do you think the church is so challenged today? We don't want to give up the truth. And many people on the other side challenge us and our Christian values. Feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked. That's our foundation. That's our foundation right from the time of Jesus Christ. And if we use the poor and the hungry and the thirsty for political gains, we're going straight to hell.